record got me high is sponsored by the loud noises coming from the house next door that might be someone having sex or might be someone being murdered but you are definitely not getting involved that record got me high is also sponsored by the facebook group entitled pants relievers which is focused exclusively on photographs of abandoned pants in public places finally that record got me high is sponsored by award-winning web comic is this tomorrow drawn by the insanely gifted woody compton and conceptualized by mysterious rome georgia resident kelly shane kelly likes prog rock we need to look into that stuff some of it is good, and some of it seems to encourage poor hygiene. Nonetheless, visit isthistomorrow.com for a dose of the good stuff, eight panels of fun. And now, on with the show. So um, let, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and start, and that way we can. Yeah, we'll jump in and we'll uh, whatever. Rob's going to read some it. jive, and he makes us he makes us sound coherent every week. Somehow, so. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And we are happy to have you with us again. Uh, real quick, Barry, we had a great time this past Sunday, right? We did. The Dan Hosker benefit was uh, Dan fantastic. Dan Hosker Music Continuum. Uh, yeah. Barry played with some people. I did. Uh, the uh, mobile homeowners. I think mobile homeowners. Yeah, yeah, you should see. I actually made that an acceptable name from what it was. And uh, Jay Reeve, shout out to Jay, who played, showed up. Everybody thought he was going to play a drum kit. Mozart, and I turned, he did it style. I turn around, and he's got a floor tom and a snare. Yep. And I was like, damn. That was he, badass. He, he beat the shit out of those drums. He did. That was great. It was fun. So we had a great time. Uh, but, Barry, we're not here to yap about that. We have a guest tonight. And uh, why don't you, well, actually, we usually have the guest introduce yourself. So who is our guest today? Who, who are you on the other line here? Uh, I'm Mark Masters. All right, welcome, Mark Masters. Uh, you Thanks for from me. your I, I found online that you the information I found is that you you write you write for Pitchfork and The Wire and The Washington Post and The Independent yes. Weekly, and your work has also appeared in The Village Voice, The Baltimore City Paper, The Washington. So you're a, a big deal. You're kind yeah, of a big deal. He's legit. Uh, and you wrote. You're the author of No Wave, the book No Wave, which I assume yeah. is on the. Uh, New York no wave scene. It is. Yes. It is awesome. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you uh, yeah. and you co-author the Pitchfork column, uh, the the outdoor with. I did. Yes, that doesn't exist anymore. But I did when it was happening. I was part of. You it. did. Yes. All right, okay. it doesn't. I figured. Well, you know, <laughs> right. that's that's the internet. Once it's on, once it happened, it's on the internet. Then that's it. For you me. know, I've had that printed in a bunch of things lately. When and it's been gone for a couple of years, so it's not. I mean, it's natural <laughs> that you would have found that. I, it, it was great, so I'm glad people still know about it. So yeah, yeah, that's fine. And <laughs> you do, in fact, still live in Washington D.C. I do. Yes. I All do. right. Awesome. So that's uh, right. Washington D.C. The uh, um, the home of the band. That well, they're uh, basically the home of the band that we're discussing tonight. Yeah. So, who are we discussing? What's the record that you brought to our show, Mark? So, I picked uh, "Charmed Life" by Half Japanese, which is a record that I adore. And, um, and I was unfamiliar. I'll be admit I was uh, un- unfamiliar with, but I know Barry was psyched yeah. for it. And ironically, when I was doing uh, some um, 
uh, searching around for info, one of the first things I came up with was an article on uh, Charmed Life in Pitchfork written by, <laughs> <laughs> just by freak coincidence, Mark, right. Mark Masters. How old is the, right. when's that article from? Uh, that was from when Fire reissued it as part of a box set. Okay, all right. And I okay. guess that was 2014. I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so, are you? You might be a little younger. Like, did um, you got? We were talking about the ages of your kids, and I was wondering right. what, um, like, how old you were when uh, Charm Life came out. Right. Well, I waited a little while to have kids, so I, I'm actually not too young. <laughs> but, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, but Charm Life was the first half Japanese record I ever heard, and it, and, that, and it came to. My college radio station, I was music director at that uh, time. Oh, okay. And so, uh, yeah. which college was that? Uh, William & Mary in Virginia. So WCWM was the name of the radio station. Okay. Oh, nice. So right. um, the, yeah. the, the thing about Charm Life is that it has kind of a tortured history. Um, mm-hmm. And there is a story behind that I am aware of um, about, I think it came out once uh, on another label earlier. Mm-hmm. Before 50 Skidillion. Right. And then um, 50 Skidillion wanted to put it out because I guess the mm-hmm. original pressing had run out. And mm-hmm. um, then the whoever was had the tapes, I'm not going to name the person because it's kind of a right. sh- shitty story. You may know the right. story. Do you know the story? <laughs> I do. Well, it's, you know, Penn Gillette tells the story in the in the half-Japanese documentary. Oh, uh, there you go. Okay, yeah. so I'll just go. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, you can uh, tell the story, Mark. But he, doesn't, he also says he can't name the person, so. <laughs> um, well, the, if I, if yeah. I recall correctly, the, uh, the initials are M.M., is that correct? Yes, yes, that's correct. Okay. Just like, Marilyn just like Manson? Mine, but it wasn't, it wasn't me, but just like my <laughs> Mark, yeah, it's not Mark Masters. <laughs> and, um, Mark, and, and it isn't Marilyn Manson either? No. Right. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a person, and the, the my memory of it is to get the tapes... From this individual, and I think I was living with Mike Costick from Fifth Gideon at the time. Oh, okay. Um, that Pendulette had to hand over a briefcase with forty thousand dollars in cash to get the tapes mm-hmm. for this record, which is an in nineteen eighty whatever eighty eight money or eighty seven. Uh-huh. That is an insane amount of money right, for right. A, an independent record, like a half Japanese record. Uh-huh. Right. right. I'm just going to say you, that's an insane amount for now. For, right. <laughs> for, right. right. For sure. <laughs> and you know where he got that money, right? Well, Penn. <laughs> yes. From yes. Penn, they were, you know, they were uh, magic money, right? Yeah, they were famous by then. Yeah. Well, they sure, were. sure. But specifically, oh, at least he started the label because of the uh, guest appearance on Miami Vice that paid him a lot of money. Oh. And, yeah. Okay. <laughs> now I think by the time of Charmed Life, they'd already done a couple releases, but I still think he was probably still working with that Miami Vice right. money. Right. That's right. So Charmed Life yeah. actually came out. I was familiar with it from before I ever was living with Mike and, and, and that stuff. Um, uh, Mike Costick, not the other guy who had right. the tapes. <laughs> and um, so all of those songs were familiar to me, and it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite you know, half-Japanese records. It's sort of that, it overlaps with that, um, there's a video called Live in Hell, where yes. they are playing in a studio, and it's Don Fleming, and... and, uh, um, and David's there and Mark Jickling and the whole uh, 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 the Dreyfus brothers and uh, it's pretty if you like half a Japanese it's kind of like you know that's like the an er thing is like okay live in hell and they actually played Pendulette played about two minutes of it on MTV um, when they were when they were on MTV and um, it was 
Um, they <laughs> complained loudly that MTV would not allow them to play more than that. It was just too out there. Right. But if you look at it now, it's just um, it's just some fun, you know, goofy, crazy mm-hmm. rock, which is what those guys do. Right. But 1985, Absolutely. I think it was, you know, oof. What are, right. We can't have this. Right. Right. Now, how did? All right. So, Mark. So, you were in college. So, that's when you first. So, this was uh, 1988 when this came out. What other stuff what? were you listening to then? Like, what were you into? Um, you know, primarily, I guess what would have been. I don't even know if it was called indie rock by then. I guess it was college rock, indie rock type of thing. So, you know, um, REM was the big thing then. I guess. And, right. Sure. You know, um, who's gonna do? Who's gonna do an FFT, minute, minute, minute stuff? Final <laughs> Femme, sure, sure. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, primarily. I mean, I certainly was interested in, in all kinds of weird stuff, but I don't know that I'd heard anybody. It, you know, most of the bands I was still listening to were bands where you felt like, okay, these guys <laughs> got, 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 got together because they want to eventually be relatively well known. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I hadn't heard a lot of bands where it sounded like, you know, they weren't doing it for that reason. <laughs> right. All right. Well, let's, for someone like me who's not, who didn't really know, I mean, obviously, I've heard of Death. Japanese and I've heard of Jad Fair and he's played with a lot of different people. Mark, I'll be honest with you, when listening to it and I told Barry I go, it, it's cool, I appreciate it, but I'm not connecting. I don't feel like I'm connecting with it. Uh-huh. And I don't know, maybe that's why. Maybe because it's almost like he, it's someone trying to come across uh, crazier and quirkier than they are and maybe it seems like more of an act to me. I mean, just uh-huh. to yeah. me. I'm just doing by my own thing. Because obviously, alright, the obvious comparison is like someone like Jonathan Richmond. Yeah, sure. And sure. Daniel Johnston. And also Velvets, obviously, because sure. he does a lot. Of, which sure. Jonathan Richmond was a huge Velvets fan. Sure, too. of course. It's not, no, Jad he's is just a, like a quirky guy. Jad, well, he's very driven. I can tell you, he and David, I mean, they started doing this in 75. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they put out a... Well, he must be driven because he's released like 30, I saw like at least uh, oh, yeah. 30 records sure. on all mm-hmm. these different mm-hmm. things. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he's obviously a driven guy. And if you... Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob did not get to see the documentary, this the uh, um, 1993, I think, documentary about them um, called mm-hmm. The Band uh, That Would Be King. Right. And uh, it's right after... Is it? I think it's right after they had toured with Nirvana, opening for Nirvana. Um, and those, that was the point at which I think Jed and David thought, oh, we might actually have a chance to be, you know, (laughs) because before that, you know, yeah, they were a cult-ish band. Right. Um, they never, you know, there was a connection to Florida because Mike Kostick was putting their records out. And Uh so they would come down here and we would. You know, see them or hang out with Jad and David and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, seeing them, what was we said to Rob before we started recording was, uh, did you ever get a chance to see the any of the sort of classic lineups live? I didn't. I didn't really see them until probably closer to the end of the nineties. Okay. So yeah. yeah. So I I don't think I've ever actually seen a band with with David. Right. David in it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So it was Jad and, and his brother David, but David at this point, David was almost like uh, not even playing. Yeah, David. Anymore, right? David was. Yeah. David was early on was in it a lot, and then by this point, mm-hmm. he was doing other <coughs> stuff. Right. And then um, he would come back. Uh, he'd come back for special stuff. While, you know, yeah. if they were playing up, up where he lived, um, he would show up because, like, when we played with him in um, '87, he came. It, you know, David came up, was there because it was in 
DC and New York. And so David showed up for that stuff and was, you know, he's just mm-hmm. a crazy wild. He's a giant and Jad is sort of, you know, skinny and it's their classic uh, um, uh, dichotomy pair of brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's, yeah. older, who's the older one? Uh, Jad or I think David? Ja- I think Mm, I think David's older. Yeah, that makes sense. David, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I do want to say that I, I did see him live with um, with Kramer and Don Fleming and mm. uh, this this rhythm section called Work Dogs. Right. And it was frankly, it was mind blowingly good to uh-huh. see them. <laughs> uh, it's not, and so seeing them live sort of cements for you. Oh. These guys really—they're really not screwing around. Right. It, it looks like. Well, yeah, I, I get that. Like I said, listening to it, I—I I definitely, yeah. I'm not saying, I—I I, uh, that that there's not real, um, you know, there's not real uh, musicianship going on, songwriting. Actually, other bands aside from those, uh, Jonathan Richmond and that, I hear uh, a Perubu, some Perubu sure. in here. Yeah, yeah. The uh, fall, maybe something like the sure. fall. Sure, I mean, and you the, know, they were aware of feelies, all that stuff. Obviously, uh, the, yeah. the feelies too, sure. right? Yeah. So yeah, right. There, there's cool stuff going on, and and the songs are also pretty cool. And some of the some of the lyrics are are, are I don't yeah. know for some reason. Well, the the the, 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 the story with the this record and with the half Japanese records was they had two. They had there was monster songs and there was love songs. And right. so, right. and there's yeah, there's, there's a ton. Yeah, there's a ton of those sort of like yearning love songs, very uh, Jonathan Jad, Richmond-like, well, very Dan, yeah. Daniel Johnston-like. Yeah. And uh, yeah, to me, he almost reminded me of someone like like a Daniel Johnston with uh, more game, like a I little more, say, yeah. a little more game. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's happily married now. He's been married for oh, a long he? time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's uh-huh. good. All right, that's yeah. good. Yeah. I was re- go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was go just going to say, I was re-watching the, the documentary the other day, and there's a great part in it near the I think it's actually the last thing he says in it. He says someone approached him at a show once and said, have you ever heard of Jad Fair? And he said, yes. <laughs> and, then he said, and then the guy said, you sound a lot like him. And he goes, well, and Jad's answer was, oh, I sound exactly like him. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah. That is um, great. They're, he's, they're characters. They're all actually, you know, um, uh, Mark Dickling a, is a funny character as well. And obviously Don Fleming went on to much, you know, in, uh, much more fame and fortune uh, than those guys did. You know, well, fame. Did he really have that much fortune? Well, Don, Don. Well, Don's in charge of the Lou Reed archive. Oh, uh, okay, okay. And he did the um, Alan Lomax archive as well. So he's a like, as far as musicologists go, yeah. He's like, because I, I don't even know who Alan Lomax is. Well, it was the field recordings. <laughs> Alan Lomax went around and did field recordings of folk music in America. Okay. And uh, you know, driving around and getting people that I think the first recordings of Muddy Waters were Alan Lomax. You know, drove up and. Okay. Got money to play some but, songs and stuff. All right. But fortune, that's not like a Beyonce or something like that. So. No, but I think, <laughs> all right. yeah, I think, I think Don does all right, you know. Plus all right, he, good. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's. Uh, let's we got a lot of songs to talk about. There's a lot about. of songs on this record, so let's get into mm-hmm. it. Let's get into the first song on this record. Let's listen to a little bit of Said and Done. It's all done. 
I noticed something that I had never noticed about Half Japanese before, especially listening to this record. Um, with the saxophone in there, there's a, 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 it's Roxy music. If you think about the first Roxy records with all the saxophone playing in that, I was like, there's that's that's what that is. It's it's got that same you know obviously um, Jed Fair is a different style of singer than Brian Ferry and he's writing different stuff. But there's because uh, of course Roxy Music were big Velvets fans as well. Right. So probably an influence. Yeah, and there is sax. There's sax all over this. Sax record. all over there this is, record. Yeah. yeah. Melodic that, that like persistent mer, uh, melodic right. sax that's that right. doesn't just come in on a solo or anything. No, nope, it's like always part in there. Of the it's whole always song in there. In there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I definitely noticed that. Um, and it, you know, it's a jazz lyric. Um, so when I closed my eyes, I had a vision of the night before. That's the one that always um, that sticks in you know with me from this song. Mm-hmm. It's a great image of mm-hmm. you know, Jad's uh, Jad's hopeful romantic uh, um, love interest. I was also thinking maybe, uh, although he does obviously write about relationships a lot, maybe it's a metaphor also for constantly like creating and recreating music because he does so much music this is like his sixth record already <laughs> right and, yeah. uh, and he's saying even though it's all been said before but he's still gonna you Maybe know it's so. like he's starting over yeah. again on the record I, t- I totally agree with that that's the first thing i think of when i hear it is a sort of a statement of we're not going anywhere kind right of. exactly uh, yeah, yeah yeah right yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 so right. he does i think he probably does that a lot he probably uses in the guise of a love or relationship song mm-hmm. but he's bearing uh i have knowing jad i'm gonna tell you that um, a lot of the relationship songs are really about girls that he had a crush on, and I'm just gonna. Mm. So that was definitely part of his um, part of his thing. All right, so we go from that into a genius get rich quick plan that Chad came upon <laughs> called Penny Penny in the Fountain. Who would have thought it'd be so easy? But it was, and it is. I put up. Got a million dollars back. Look, look to your right. That's what I got yesterday. A house, and I'm the king of it. It all belongs to me. Is that all? No, hell no. There's more. I wish for love, health, and happiness. And it all came true. One, two, three. I threw a penny in the Love, health, and happiness, and it all came true. Right. It's so easy. I love, yeah, I love that. And this is actually the thing that reminded me of, uh, it, it particularly reminded me of Perubu, because Perubu has a side, forget the song, but, but uh, David Thomas is talking about levitate when he was a kid he discovered the secret to levitation he goes <laughs> yeah. it was so easy <laughs> yeah, yeah that so this is not the only get rich quick song in the half japanese uh um catalog Over. yeah there's um there, well there's stripping for cash on um music to strip by which right. is uh it starts off with a bang and you know he talks about uh it, making money as a stripper and if you know there is okay so what I'm going to say to Rob that he probably, it is funny. I mean, it's, you know, there are songs that are intentionally funny. Right. Um, and there's a sense of humor there. So Ooh. it's just a. Um, yeah. 
quirky absurdist a lot of absurdist you know i mean For just sure. from the uh cover too just the cover of the record itself is yeah is sure very, uh, well jad's a, a prolific artist if you look on his facebook page right right you He's know a, a and, so, and so is too. david david sells paintings um David does paintings. Now he's got a series he's called um, Psychic Paintings, where he's not pretending to be psychic, but he just paints something he's not, he hasn't looked at, and that's his version of doing a psychic painting. And um, he also, David also had a video show for a while uh, called The Big Baby Show, where they had dolls sitting on a couch, and it was extremely. Oh, I've, I've heard of that. The Big Baby Show <laughs> yeah, is extremely, extremely not safe for work uh, language. <laughs> And activity going on in the Big Baby Show. <laughs> um, I, I guess I could, if you want me to chime in on this one, I could. Uh, the one thing I like about, about it musically, this is one of those songs, which they have a lot of songs like this, where it sounds like, okay, the band's just going to sort of vamp in the background and, and jazz just going to sort of, uh, you know, upstream of consciously. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, like riff, riff over the band, yeah. Right, <laughs> which is kind of what's happening, but I, I feel like every time I've listened to this song, the more I hear, he's actually sort of, he's playing off the rhythm of the music, and oh, yeah. he's, hit, he's hitting certain moments. It's just, you kind of have to listen to him a few times to realize the, the cadences he's doing actually are, you know, make sense with the music. Yep. That's true. You know what? I, I noticed that a lot on this record. I'd be listening, and I go, sometimes it sounds like they're not playing together even, but then right. when you listen more, you realize, oh, yeah. oh okay, they, no, they are. are. They're doing what they want to do, but yeah. it's just right. very, it's not your classic uh, well, traditional The uh, idea of Half Japanese either. always was limited musicianship should be no obstacle to... Right being in a rock band and playing music that you wanted to play and that's mm-hmm. and that was how it progressed you know yeah. eventually they got people in there who you know who were really really could play right and you know Don but this is yeah this is a band six record but you could believe if you played with someone didn't know they would believe they could believe this is what right. their first some band's the, first record yeah it's got the I, I, the rain primal, just because the primalness yeah the, the, the raincoats the, are a good the raincoats are kind of a good analogy right, to yeah. the the way it is it's a little bit shambling but it's yeah, always yeah, yeah. um it's the the drum the drummer's always in time so the drummer's actually really good, and I noticed that. No matter what's going on with the guitars, they're a little out of tune, whatever stuff, but the, the drummer's laying down a groove. Though. Yeah, that's yeah. what you know. That's and the secret. And the irony of all this is if you go back to their first record and listen through all the way through up to this one, this is by far their most polished Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, sing, sing, no evil, sing No Evil starts to get more this way, too. Um, and But, yeah, the, like Half Gentleman Not Beast or, and Loud and Horrible, those are just right. cacophonous, but there's some really, really hilarious uh, songs on uh, on loud and horrible. My favorite half Japanese song of all time is called "Thing with a Hook," and it's um, just like if there's a saxophone riff that basically is the only sort of um, <laughs> coherent thing, and then Jad is singing about a thing with the hook that's pulling doors off cars out on Lover's Lane. He's screaming it. And, you know, it's he tells the whole story of this monster that's attacking and killing people on Lover's Lane. Mm-hmm. It's, a be- it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. All right. So now we get song number three. We get a little more psychedelic feel on this one. Okay. Uh, the first psychedelic type one, this is Evidence. Is it a dream? 
it a dream or, or did you really kiss me? So yeah. That's another one of his. Yeah, uh, there's no metaphor. I'm going to tell you, there's no metaphor there. You know, he's the, the uh, teenage. Is sort he really? Jet- okay. <laughs> this is the guy that you both attest has no mental illness. No, so no, no. Jet, it's, you know, he's. Um, okay. And. Um, Don, that's Don Fleming's psychedelic guitar wailing on there. Right. That's kind of what Don brings to the uh, the proceedings. Is this mm-hmm. um, just sort? Of, he sort of takes the place of the sax when it's mm-hmm. not wailing. It's it's some, but Don is just doing some sort of continuous soloing back there. Right. Right. And for people who who wouldn't know, not know, know all of Don's background at this point, the Velvet Monkeys were, I guess, were still a band, but yeah. they had been a band relatively recently too and and a, and a sort of not not you could almost say they were a parallel band to have japanese yeah and, and, and kind of their style and exactly their approach to music and stuff so and I, and for people who knew both bands to have them together and actually be able to keep character from both of these guys styles and one thing is pretty pretty cool I think. yeah yeah Zelda yeah. monkeys um were um actually there's he started he Don, Don I didn't realize this his first band was in Adel Georgia you know who else and I'm sure it was with you know who else is from Adel Georgia Rob no uh, that was Tom Smith uh, 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 yeah. Mortality. our buddy Tom <laughs> Smith <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have him on the show yeah Tom's gonna be on one of these we days. have to get we'll have to get extra alcohol for that <laughs> <laughs> to prepare for him um, alright so now we get speaking of noisy we get to a pretty noisy song this is the uh this is the curious uh, Vietnam. Let's just do a little Vietnam. Oh, yeah. Parody of like a '60s Vietnam song, do you think? Like a protest, yeah, no, a '60s the, protest. It's, no, song? it's a it's a Don Fleming. Um, Don likes to go places, and so it's a Don wants to go somewhere song. I think because really? I remember being in the in the van with him and Mark Jickling, and we were riding somewhere, and he he was insistent that when he we all needed we needed to go to Atlantic City, so let's go to Atlantic City. And everybody was like. What, what are you talking about? It's like, no, man, let's go to Atlantic City. And so um, it's don't read too much into it as far as. Um, okay. I was like, just wondering because it sounds like you like the sound of it almost sounds I know, like I an old the, like 60s. Yeah, I, I would say maybe, but I'd say also Don really want, maybe wanted to eat some Vietnamese food. And he was thinking about, you know, let's just go to Vietnam. <laughs> what would happen if we went to Vietnam? Oh, we could take some pictures. We'd hang out with Ho Chi Minh. So now, let right. me add, Mark, when you like when you got into this record did, and you went out and got this record, did you become like a half Japanese fan and then go and like revisit, like find their earlier records and 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 dig into them more? Yeah, that's pretty much how it happened. I mean, th- this record and then the one that came after it both came out in pretty quick succession right. because this record this record had actually been recorded almost like four years before right. this final version that. came yeah, out. Right. Yeah. And so they had a couple really fast there while I was still in college, and I got into those first. And then yeah, I did go backwards a little bit and. And, uh, um, and luckily, that kind of dovetailed one with me personally getting into more noisy experimental stuff, which is, you know, they, they were much more abstract and noisy early on. And I, I dug right. that, too. Right. And, and uh, 
Go ahead. Could you relate also to Jad's like uh, like his his uh, you know just sort of naive uh, lusting after girls? Like, was that something you connected with as a college kid, or were you like a college kid that had like swagger and you were? Well, Well, you know the the, I mean, I certainly I guess I could connect with with that aspect of it, but you know this this was right on the cusp of when people my age were starting to. to, Put a lot of value in being ironic and cynical and jaded. Yeah. And, yes, right. And there's and so, there's a lot of that going on in this record too. There is. But I also love the fact that it's not you know you you can easily listen to these songs and, and enjoy them on a completely non-ironic level. Right, I mean, there's, right. There's, yeah. There's definitely a, a flat surface love song part to it that, in a way, was kind of refreshing at the time because. Yeah, I, it was it was getting uncool to to write songs. Well, like I'm this. gonna I'm gonna also yeah. say that there there might be an an Andy Kaufman esque quality to have Japanese. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, where I feel it's that. very I difficult to determine um, what's they don't make any distinction between the serious and the non serious. Right. right. And and so and they they're so there's there that that absence of a clear distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can. Maybe it's ironic, but I always, I think of most right. of these songs, like you said, and the flat surface level. Like, oh, you know, I can still relate to lusting after girls, of course, mm-hmm. and so, mm-hmm. um, and I think Jad can too. And yeah, there's a wry sense of humor at work there, but he's also truth telling. So you know, right. well, actually, right. this next song is a good example of that. That can just be taken at face value as just like a really uh, a really wistfully naive love song uh, yep. Roman Candles let's uh, listen to yeah. a little bit of Roman Candles Roman Candles light up a midnight sky I hear the bells One thing that I, I love in this song, he says a, a mariachi band uh, goes walking by. Is a mariachi band ever going to be like, just go walking by like on a stroll? That's like right, something right, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Baltimore or D.C. <laughs> yeah. um, what are I, the odds of that actually happening? I'm going to say that, that that's a, very much a fantastic, uh, one of his fantastic realizations. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, again, in this song, you get the sort of a, a juxtaposition of those like sort of almost amateurish sounding strumming sure. guitars but then mm-hmm. it's got a really in the pocket drumming going on that's right groove well it's song i just looked at the credits again because i wasn't sure but it's it, it, jay spiegel jay spiegel from the velvet monkeys jay <laughs> who's uh was um you know is a fantastic drummer mm-hmm. and he was uh is listed as the drummer on this so um mm-hmm. it's uh yeah the rhythm section you know you can do a lot if you got a solid drummer, it's like uh, mm-hmm. it, it it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's take a yeah. let's take a little break. Uh, actually, Mark, I heard you're you're a little under the weather, so we'll <laughs> give you. Me and Barry are going to get some more uh, wine, and you can get some okay. more uh, cold medicine or whatever you do. So okay. just hang on there. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back in a minute with uh, 
more of our guest, Mark Masters, and we're talking about uh, Half Japanese. We'll be back in a minute. This is That Record Great. Got Me High. That Record Got Me High is sponsored by the loud noises coming from the house next door that might be someone having sex or might be someone being murdered, but you are definitely not getting involved. That record got me high is also sponsored by the Facebook group, entitled Pants Leavers, which is focused exclusively on photographs of abandoned pants in public places. Finally, that record got me high is sponsored by, award-winning webcomic Is This Tomorrow, drawn by the insanely gifted Woody Compton, and conceptualized by mysterious, Rome, Georgia resident Kelly Shane. Kelly likes prog rock. We need to look into that stuff. Some of it is good, and some of it seems to encourage poor hygiene. Nonetheless, visit isthistomorrow.com for a dose of the good stuff. Eight panels of fun. And now, on with the show. Miley Cyrus. I don't know if Barry can answer. I'd like, but that'd be fine. You know what? Really? All yeah, right, I don't have we'll a, do I don't have a problem with okay. with really actually pop. That's actually really. She's talented. Done. She is talented. Yeah. She's good. Like you want to do a Britney Spears record? I, I I'm actually on board with that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, maybe uh, Mark, maybe we'll get you next time. We'll do a Britney Spears record. Yeah. I'll need to do a little research for that one. Just to mix, just to mix things up a little. Yeah. All right. So are you ready to get back in this? Let's do it, man. I've been recording. Sure. We're 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 rolling. Yes. That's my my, cool. my trick. Yes, cool. Barry's trick. He doesn't want to miss any any gold, any of our gold. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're back. This is That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. And we are talking with Mr. Mark Masters, who has a little cold, but he's powering through it in D.C. And mm-hmm. we're talking about Charmed Life by Half Japanese. So we're at... Uh, there's a lot of songs on this record. There now, this are. We're gonna skip. So, we're gonna skip a few. Uh, we won't play like every everyone in there. But when you got this, so was this a vinyl like one vinyl record? Yeah, it was. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny when I when I actually got it. I'm pretty sure the at least my original copy that I have, and I think it's the first one I ever got, is the CD which has ten bonus tracks. On. Uh, <laughs> right. right. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. noticed that. There's yeah. a there's a version that has ten right. more goddamn songs. Right. When on. I was <laughs> you know, we were up and we were at Noise New York and. I was, they were recording, have Japanese were recording. And um, so I'm, I was just standing in the control room and Don said, uh, Barry, Barry, you come out, you come play guitar for on a few songs and then I'm, I'm going to go in there. And so it was Kramer. Okay, and so uh, the subtext is, of course, that Don and Kramer were, wanted to smoke a huge amount of weed in the control room or Don wanted to get, Kramer was already smoking a huge amount of weed and Don wanted to get smoke some more weed so he handed me the guitar and i recorded like i think we did like five or six songs while i was out there and you know mark jickling would just show me the riff and i'd start playing so um when the album the the band that would be king came out which was the one after music to strip by um i got it and i was listening to it and i was i was like oh yeah that's me on that track there and i looked and i saw who was credited as on the track it was actually credited to fred frith 
because nobody was writing down who was actually playing on the songs. So, <laughs> so you're not credited at all on No, no, no. I told uh, Jad about it probably 15 years later. I was like, hey, you know, that's actually me playing guitar on that. And he was, oh, sorry. sorry. I was like, it's not like I'm missing any royalties. Yeah, you're probably me. owed like $12 no, yeah, or something. No, right. I would say it's less than that. <laughs> <laughs> and it means you must sound at least a little bit like Fred Frith. I, 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 on that, for sure, yeah, I was definitely doing that. It was a compliment, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, so now we get more love stuff more love stuff from jad let's oh, just yeah. do a little bit of love at first sight. oh good song yeah He believes in love at first sight. Then, uh, so that sax guy, John Dreyfus, is the one yeah, doing all the saxophone. Sure, yeah. Is he? Who is he? Do you guys know? Like, is he's a he DC guy. Things? He was. He was with Half Japanese. He played with them for their. I don't know if John still plays with them. Um, they still get together once a year at a thing called uh-huh. um, Shake More. They right. play, and um, I think some of the more of the original guys play on that yeah no this is their like sort of their james brown group you notice it's got like a funky laying down kind of a funky groove right and uh white boy it's, oh yeah totally 100 percent and i looked at the credits i guess it's mark jicklin playing bass on this because right. i don't see any but it's hard to say i don't know where this record was recorded when it was recorded right with who it was always sort uh-huh. of mistérieux like oh here's the tapes you know here's, right here's, right here, give me the 40 grand oh here's the tapes and then the um I still can't believe that that's like crazy to me that doesn't make any sense pen was, pen's a serious we're happen- talking about we're talking about it now so you know pen's a huge half japanese fan well you know i think i mentioned last week who else was a huge half japanese you know uh kurt oh, cobain yeah. was a kurt cobain that was the shirt he was wearing yeah. when, the, yeah, yeah, when, when he died blood yes. all over it yeah mm-hmm. probably Imagine so. how much you'd get for that on ebay that yeah shirt. i'm gonna say <laughs> that's probably not for sale <laughs> I i'm, I'm say, gonna say that's in the court you don't think courtney will sell that eventually you know, I, think she I, I would lo- i would love to mention one line later in the song that we didn't hear that i think is like the, quintess- the quintessential half japanese or at least jab it's a, the four, these four lines. It's girls like her are one in a million, so I guess my chances are a million to one. But I have an advantage because I think she likes me. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. It that is. is really yeah. Cool. That's brilliant. I mean, brilliant. he's got a sense of humor about his ineptitude with love. The mm-hmm. story we actually heard was that David was quite a Casanova when they were growing up in Maryland. And that, oh. um, you know, Dave, David... There's actually a David Fair song on, um, I think it's on Music to Strip by called Sex at Your Parents' House, and that's actually sort of indicative of David's um, uh, prowess as a uh, as a um, getter of girls in the uh, rural Maryland area where they grew up. 
<laughs> Which, if you met those guys, you'd be like, no way. It's like David. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Maybe he, maybe he was good at dancing, and maybe he did, was good at doing the snake line. Oh, yeah, uh, right. This, this yeah. Song. Which, there's some nice sax work on that snake line song, but that's just kind of like a... It's like a snake a line. line. Yeah, sure. It's just talking about a dance and, you know, yeah. people... Do the snake line. Do the snake line, yeah. That's kind of like Lou Reed, the ostrich song. Oh, uh, yeah. Right, right. Actually, yeah, the, they probably would have been aware of that stuff, too. So, yeah. So these guys had a little bit of a blues uh, oh, yeah. fixation because they sure. covered uh, the Jimmy Reed song, Bright Lights, Big City, on this, too. They did, yep. Which is, and it's kind of like a straight, for them, straight ahead cover. Yeah, well, it, right? Jad loves Jimmy Reed. So it definitely, you know, he's that, his, those covers appear. Um, and he's done, you know, in the half Japanese catalog, ooh, whatever, um, there's quite a few covers of, you know, there's covers of Howlin' Wolf songs and covers of, uh, you know, um, all kinds of things hidden right there. All right, so I want to ask you guys what's up with this next song? Face rake? Oh, it's a wrestling move. Is it a wrestling move? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So I, oh, I yeah. looked in, in the Urban Dictionary. It says to place one's fingers in a yeah. hooking position on another person's face and rip in a downward motion. Yeah, it's just a wrestling song. They used to watch professional wrestling. I mean, monsters, professional wrestling. Um, you know, you've got the sort of... If you if you sort of... You can sort of draw a line between that and, you know, the angry Samoans fixations. Yes! Well, right. this reminded me of that angry... of. Yeah, yeah. Lights out. Lights out. Lights out. Lights out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I used to have fun, but now I don't. The things I did now, Now I I don't. No, I won't. You can offer, but I won't take since my My baby baby. learned how to face. That's right. So some girl, (laughs) some girl wants to get it on with Jad, but Jad says, you know, his girl, his girlfriend knows that wrestling move, so he can't, he can't get it on. He's got (laughs) to, he's got to be faithful. You can definitely see the crossover with Daniel Johnson in a song like that. That's oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Could you imagine, though, I know those two guys made a record together, but could you imagine those two guys uh, well, together you can just see, having a conversation? Well, you can see there's how many minutes of it that there's, um, what is it, an hour, two two hours, and mm-hmm. an hour and 40 minutes of the um, uh, My Dinner with Daniel, where they're recording oh, it. Oh, okay, that's right. That's yeah. uh, where Jad and Daniel show up and they do this. Um, mm-hmm. right. Riveting, right? Actually, I, I have to say it's one of the weirdest things you'll ever watch. Right? Weird. Okay, that's not the same. Thing. I, I love weird stuff. I know you do. <laughs> have you seen that? Have you watched that, Mark? Yes, yes, I have. Yes, I have. Um, the bits where where Daniel is directing the the things is just uh-huh. amazing. And then Jad, yeah. Jad's actually a great actor. Jad's the only one who actually. He, like he tells he he does he starts acting and it's like oh he's actually he's actually doing it. Okay, so now I, I so now we know what a face rake is. That's very, I'm glad I learned. Uh, now I want to know who is he referring to in this next song. Let's listen to a little bit of later in a magazine. I love that. 
She likes boats, dogs, and horses, but she doesn't like guys who are turn off. Saw her in a magazine. I gotta. Now. But, but maybe she'll make an exception for one who really cares. One. <laughs> so he's kind of admitting that he's a turn off. Oh no! Yeah, right, for sure. Oh no, no. I think that's definitely an understood part of the vocabulary. Is that you know he's the underdog. Jad's an underdog. That's definitely his his position. Um, but I gotta say, Don Fleming's background vocals on this, and they start doing, oh, 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 you wait for them to actually finish singing. They're singing, don't bring me down, oh, they're actually almost, but they don't sing it because oh, right, then they right, would have right. to pay royalties for singing that. But it's exactly the same melody as don't bring me down. Subconscious, little subconscious thing in there they threw in there. Yeah, I, lo- I love how the, we say the underdog part, but the theme always seems to be, you know, I have one in a million chance, but that's enough for me. That's right. That's, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I'll take uh, yeah. it. I'll, I'll take, take it. it. <laughs> sure. I'll take my odds. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Well, the eternal optimist, right? That's right. Of a that's musician. Cool. All right, so now we get into a really. This is like a pretty. It's a pretty song. Juanita. I wonder if Juanita, Juanita was a real uh, person. Nah. Let's listen to a little bit of Red Dress. Walk in the night, put on your red dress. Put on your red dress, oh what a lovely, lovely night. Put on your red dress. Oh Juanita, my sweet Juanita. Oh Juanita, my sweet one. Oh Juanita. So this song, I guess it's just, I wonder, is am I just imagining a, a, sin, a little sinister tone to it, or there's not? Is it just That's like, been discussed. The creeper at the creeper aspect right, of some right, of the right. songs. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say knowing, knowing Jad for, you know, if, you know, as well as I know him, I'm going to say that's a no. He's very, he might, you know, as we all know, People think all kinds of things that they don't do, and so uh, as far as being a uh, any sort of um, real life, it, no, I'd say Jed is right. just a sweet cat who um, writes funny songs about um, things that are from his. I think he really writes from. I, I have to say, there's less cynicism at work here than I'm going to think that you guys may think there is. I think that he writes from his from his heart. And it's just hard to, you know, maybe it's hard to believe that someone could be But also his heartfelt. Uh, tongue's probably in his cheek a little bit. One, one great thing about this song is that it's one of the few songs he specifically talks about in the documentary about them. And he says it's a song about clothing options. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, because he does switch to a blue dress. Right, because he wants her to put on her blue dress. So, yeah. <laughs> what, I should mention that these... There's a, there's a practicality to these are They're Jad and David and the, the guys in, you know, and Mark... And those guys are—they're extremely clever um, individuals. They're—they're—they're all—they're um, one step ahead of you, whether you know it or not. So, yes. right, right. clothing options. So like yes, the opposite of me and you. Uh, opposite of me and you. That's better. right. Yeah. I think Mark. <laughs> is my, my recollection: Mark Jickling works at the Smithsonian, so he's like, yes. you know. Uh-huh. All right. So now this next song, we get finally the the harmonica and the saxophone battling each together. other together. Let's listen to a little bit of "Trouble in the Water." Mm. Thank you. 
it is, but there's oh, something. What is it? Yeah, there's something, something and that's a Don Fleming. That's a Don vocal for sure. Oh, I'm yeah. assuming Don wrote that. Yeah, yeah and I, 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 I he's, go for it. He's credited. He's credited with the music as well. On this yeah, one. yeah. I mean, yeah. there were he was sort of a separate um, influence. Like when he plays mm-hmm. with them, you know, his thing was he play guitar and also he would he would the songs he sang had sort of a different quality to them. Um, what I heard in there that I hadn't heard before, and this is, um, I think this is legit, is that sax. I was saying Roxy Music, but there's also um, Psychedelic Furs, um, which has that same wailing sax thing on their first couple of records. And, um, you know, they were, he, oh, yeah, people forget, great. Psychedelic Furs were huge. Yeah, they were. Uh, yeah. And, and there weren't too many of that type of band that would no, be doing the saxophone. No, and also Velvet's, uh, Velvet's Fanatics. So, right. you know, there's a, I'd love to figure out, figure out who's, 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 uh, hijacked what from who so. <laughs> it's interesting that this is a Don song and Don wrote the music but Jad actually wrote the lyrics and it's a pretty much a straight up monster, monster song, song. Right, yeah. right right yeah. right yeah. well, yeah. but it's not it. sure it's a monster it could be misunderstood yeah it, that's maybe um, it yeah. might be gentle it might <laughs> that's what he says it <laughs> might be gentle interestingly <laughs> enough I've got the I've got the LP in front of me with the lyrics, and there's a reference to Loch Ness that doesn't actually get sung in the song. Right, I thought so because I was I was reading it and I'm listening to it now, and I'm going, "He didn't say that." Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. I wonder if it's like buried in there or just. No, I probably just they said, "Where's the lyric?" They, you know, somebody yeah. needs to type up the lyrics, and uh, they got handed off, and was like, "Oh, I didn't sing that part." <laughs> All right, so now we get to the title track of this oh. record, and there is some irony going on in this song. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. yeah, sure. Let's yeah. listen to it because he's not really leaving a charmed life, I don't think. But let's listen to it. Yeah, I'm living a charmed life. And this this has one of the greatest uh, couplets of lines. I, I think you mentioned it in your review of it too. Uh, mm-hmm. What is it? I could stuff my. Go ahead. You're, you got it. Yeah, I, I, I could stuff my pockets with ten dollar bills. But then where would I put all these 20s? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Couldn't you hear like some rap guy now doing that, that same line? Yeah. Like, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's great. That's so awesome. <laughs> Tell him, yeah, these guys are, they're, they're one step ahead of you. Let's they go know. to the uh-huh. beach and go swimming. I guess I'm living a charmed life. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you, I think you know, I think Jed would probably not disagree that he's having a charmed life right now. He's, I guess. He's got a great wife. He's got a, you know, he gets a, does his art. He travels. People we're pay talking, him. We're talking about him. We're talking yeah. about him. You know, he gets to. Uh, go I always kind of get the feeling with them, too. It's like everything's a state of mind. You know, if I decide that that's what I'm living, then that's what I'm living. Uh, yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So now we get to the song Day and Night. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. 
I, I couldn't, this was the one I could, but you have the lyrics there because I could not find the lyrics of this song. I mean, I know what the lyrics are. I've heard of this record so many times. I just know he says, everything seems to coincide. Coincide, coincide, yeah, yeah. Day and night with Angie, day and night with Angela, yeah. And, uh, all right, so the one million, what's the deal with the one, millions, uh, one million kisses song? One million kisses for one million girls. Come on, dude. The weird thing about this song, and I, I wanted to ask Barry about this if he knew, it sounds like David singing it. And one I, one I, million I, kisses? Oh, oh that's, listen, I think it's Mark Jickling. No, that's, okay. I think really? that's, oh, okay. yeah, no, it's a Mark right, let's, let's, okay. oh, okay. let's listen to it a little bit. All right. Yeah, that was Don. No, it's Don. That's Don playing. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's okay. Don's voice, sure. Uh, okay. Yeah, right. no, right. Don. Makes sense. Yeah. He was I, a perfect... I, I mean, he, Yeah, he was perfect addition to the band. I mean, just... It was, yeah. yeah. He just yeah. brought, like... He just brought, like, I don't know, you know, different flavor. And then when Kramer, Kramer mm-hmm. uh, was playing in the band, that was a pretty amazing uh, ensemble as well. With the guy, two guys named the Work Dogs um, mm-hmm. were playing with the rhythm section or the... Uh, they had Kramer. Well, how did it work? I'm trying to remember, but it's been a long time. I I really love the. I mean, it's another kind of typical thing of of Jad's writing that framing to say it didn't work out the way he planned it because it worked better. Yeah, <laughs> 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 it's true. Yeah, he's going to turn it right. It's almost like a. Um, Inspirational, yeah. motivational speaker. Yeah. Uh, songs. Right. I mean, usually, usually, if something works out better, that the first thing you don't say is not going to be, "It didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work." <laughs> yeah. out. He, ha- he has like an he has like an indie soul, but he has the swagger of a rap dude or something. He, you know, right, for sure. <laughs> you listen to undeserved, you know what? Undeserved swagger. <laughs> you listen, they've listened to enough James Brown records. They know the deal. They know how to put on a you know. Okay. Lay it out there. So now we get the uh, now we get uh, something very inspirational because they're telling you that miracles happen every, every day. Jed's about 10 years older than us, so he's about 11. Maybe he's, I think he's 60, 
65 or 66. All right. So he wasn't that, that young at hell this no. point. But it's no, funny. He's, he's no, a, hell no. <laughs> yeah, he was in his 40s already. Yeah, right. Yeah, and he yeah. just, but he just <laughs> sounds so, like, naive a, and yeah, young. I mean, yeah. it, it's kind of charming in a way, I it guess. It is. Jed's, you know. A little creepy, it's, a little charming, a little creepy. Well, that's that's the, that's the Andy Kaufman thing. It's like you go yeah. ahead and try, go ahead and try and figure is it he, out. Right? Is is you're is not gonna this all no, put on? Or, you're, yeah. you're not gonna. It's not. It's definitely not a put on. Um, no, no, because you can't keep it. Although I don't know, you could say that. Uh, nah, because if it, it was that long, nah, uh, uh-uh. it's him. That's just him. That's how he is. And uh, he likes to perform. He likes to be in a, pl- right. performing in front of people. When he's on, it's it's amazing to see. That this sort of scrawny guy mm-hmm. can be just this absolutely incredible frontman and performer for a band, right? And mm-hmm. unless you see it, it, it it sometimes it won't actually make sense that oh no, this is actually this is for real. This is not bullshit, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's the thing that maybe seemed, I have to see it. Then I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I saw I saw a version of him once in the late '90s where he was playing a guitar with no strings. No strings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His really? guitar, yeah, no, Jazz guitar playing is totally just a noise, total like noise element for the band. Like he would do a solo. How does like, a guitar with no strings work? Uh, and he would clatter on it or something. But oh, a lot okay. of times he would have a guitar with like one or two strings. Right. And there would be a solo section. There's one song on this on the album where he and Don trade off on just sort of like just clattering noise. Oh, I noise. think that's coming up. I think, well, first we have two blues songs in a row. Right. The Terminator song, I get, who is that singing in that? That's, that's, that's Mark Jickling singing. It's, he oh, wrote the, Mark Jickling wrote Just the, about after seeing, he apparently saw he the saw the Terminator movie. Yeah, got in, and he had to, he spun a story about it being trapped in the theater, you know. Right. But then after the Terminator one, we got I'll Change My Style, which is, this is the one. This it's song a cla- well, kicks this, ass. This is, this is one that they've done live consistently for a long time. Uh, okay, let's listen to a little bit of I'll Change My Style. Oh, baby, like a child. And the beating of my heartbeat too slow for you. Tell me I'll change that too. I'll change my walk. Even change my talk. If there's something about my kissing that don't please you, but tell me and I'll change that too. I don't know if you guys can hear, but Barry's cats are really enjoying this song in particular. They're going oh, okay, so nuts over this song. This, um, if you get a chance, there's a half Japanese performance live at Open Books and Records. I think it was 86. They were played down here in Miami. They were down here visiting Mike Costick, 50 Skidding Watts, and um, I had the fortune of sitting in and playing on that one. But they, there's a version of this. And Jad can sometimes, sometimes he shocks you. Like he goes, um, I'll change. He says, I'll change my evil fucking ways. And to hear Jad say that, he never curses. And to hear him say that, 
it's like it's like he knows how to drop things in to make it. He's a great performer. The guy knows what's going on. And it was like we were playing in this tiny record store. And the air conditioning was broken, and there was like eighty people in there. Everybody was covered in sweat, but it was it's pretty great. Uh, and there's a great version of them doing this for the camera for, in the in the documentary. Oh yeah, where they're just like in their house playing the song. I have oh, to yeah. watch. I, have to watch. I just I didn't have time to watch it's, it. I gotta watch it's that great. documentary. No, I no, it's yeah. really I should have watched it now, right now instead of doing the show with you guys. I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we. Yep, you have to be prepared for a couple uh, journalists to say the most hyperbolic things you could possibly imagine about half Japanese. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure. <laughs> I think they're great guys, but it's funny. I mean, if you, if you're not inclined to like them, you might find it a little weird that they are. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So we're getting uh, close to the end of the record proper. We have the song fortunate. Let's listen to a little bit of fortunate. <laughs> Again, going on in that song, yeah, some, yeah. some great drumming, and uh, fortunate. He's playing with the word fortune. He's sort of playing with fortune yeah, sure. and fortunate in this one. Yeah. yeah, he's um, you know, it's all about you know. There's an undercurrent of um, <laughs> this is how I had this. There's an undercurrent of sexuality in all of this that, and the half Japanese and especially the love songs that is um, you know, not as innocent as as it as Jad, you know sings about right but yeah they, those you know those guys are they're guys and they can sugarcoat it a little but one of the just hearing this all the songs in a row like this just makes me really appreciate the how like you know he said if you hadn't heard them him sing before you'd immediately think okay he has no training he's he doesn't know how to sing in tune blah blah etc but right. he's very consistent like he has a style oh yeah he, he does, he does. To every song and he and, and it's you know he, he knows what he's doing in terms of what he wants to do with the singing which is well i think why it's interesting that you mentioned the fall before i never really thought about the fall that much with them but i think he, he's not that dissimilar from Marky smith and having what, his own, yeah that, own that was game, the thing that, that i thought of yeah because he's got yeah. his own get like you said as it goes on you realize okay that's him that's his oh, style yeah. that's his oh, cadence. No. if and, you go uh, back and listen to yeah. go back all the way to you know um half gentleman not beast and some of the songs that's Jad Fair. That's right. how he sings. And it's different mm-hmm. than someone, because sometimes you hear like um, a television. Who's this? What's the television? Tom, Berla- Tom Berlain. Tom Berlain just, just can't sing. But it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's different than that. It doesn't like Jad and, and Marky Smith, they have their style and stuff like that. So it's just a little different. I had, I never, I had never considered that Tom Berlain, what do you think, Mark? I think, I never thought about Tom Berlain not being able. Does that seem legit? <laughs> yeah, he, he's not a good I mean, yeah, I, I, don't know what to, I, love, I don't know what to say about that. I love Tom Berlain. I know I love him. I love Tom Berlain, but no, he can't sing. Well, he doesn't have a beautiful voice, but there's a difference no, between having a beautiful voice and not being able to sing. Right, but it's different. I, I 
also don't feel he had a particular his main thing was he's an amazing guitar player songwriter but his the vocal stylings he was just basically there was no one else to sing the song so he sang them that's how I always felt I, see, I disagree well whatever yeah, we, can't, we can't we can't digress and go on a television <laughs> no, we, that's tangent <laughs> well we could but we shouldn't uh, alright so then they go then they do this creepy uh, cover of Real Cool Time which is kind of creepy him doing no, it's Don yeah yeah he well the Stooges you know Don definitely had a Stooges fascination he so. did. I just I'm just gonna go out and say that I feel like if you were inviting Don to come if like it was a girl inviting Don to come over she would have the opposite of a real cool time yeah <laughs> um I think <laughs> my remembrance of Don Fleming would be more like it would be you she would have a real cool time because he would bring a turntable because they when they when ba- he played with ball they they Played where we were living. We were living in Tallahassee, and they showed up. And he had a, an entire backstage. He had an entire, like, sort of entire scenario set up with the turntable and like bl- lamps and stuff and this whole um, thing. So um, I know, you know, I know. Mark picked this record, but Barry, I'm going to say this is your most name dropping this episode ever. Well, you it's know I, I, knew, I, know I know you know all these because guys. I, I was around, I was around for some of it, and it was right. just. Um, no, it's fine though. No, it's fine. I have to admit that's part of why I picked it is I wanted to hear some stories. About yeah, that. yeah, sure. <laughs> so what happened was when Ball played in Tallahassee, it was Ball and Sonic Youth. I walked into the dressing room. It was backstage. It was the fucking college, you know. Um, uh, uh, campus and i walk in and don goes barry what the fuck are you doing here and so he had no idea he was like yeah well you know i live here this is what i do so that's awesome yeah. and i hadn't seen kramer in a while he was like yeah but kramer also said like what the fuck are you doing here so you know well i've met i, I know kramer i've met him and believe me you, you aren't missing anything if you don't <laughs> well kramer's not going to listen to this but he does live kramer does live around the corner from here we could probably That's we could fine. be at kramer's house in an uber in about two minutes so. i'm fine not doing that uh, all right so now you know, we, the, the, inter- the interesting thing about kramer this is also fine with you not doing that <laughs> I was just going to add that, that, you know, uh, the early records, the more avant-garde and experimental records, they did a lot of these where they cover a song, but it would sound almost nothing like the the original. That was kind of a a, a theme of theirs for a long time. And it's funny to have it in this album, which is so much different from that, but to sort of go back to those. Yeah, that's the the, the Don, well, you know, Don's sort of on this record more than uh, any of the others. That's his stamp on this record. For sure. All right, so now we get to the final song on the record proper before they put 10 other goddamn songs on the CD that uh, Mark got. Uh, but this is a good ending song, I think. And although, all right, let's listen to it a little first. And I have a question for you guys. Let's listen to a little bit of Poetic License. Because I was going to ask you guys, 
if he was using, if he really meant to say poetic justice instead of poetic license, but he actually does say in the song, he's, he also says poetic justice. It was oh. poetic justice about the girl. Because I was wondering, I'm like, is he confusing that? No, poetic justice means, poetic justice means when, um, there's like something happens. Well, he, is. yeah, he mentioned the girl when she did something, and that's poetic justice. So he's doing both. He's 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 referencing both things: okay. poetic license mm-hmm. and poetic justice. But the most, alright, for me, the most telling line in the song, which resonates for me, is when he says, "At first it was funny, haha, but now it's just funny <laughs> peculiar." <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. That's amazing. I'll, yeah. I'll say it again. These guys are, are Jad is extremely, extremely clever, smart guy. And you, you when, when people first approach this music, the, the apparently amateurish quality to it sometimes just makes people dismiss it out of hand. Oh, these guys can't play. They're full of shit. And right, they're right. Just Which jerking, is always going to happen. They're just jerking around. Right. No, no, there's more to it than that. I'm so telling you 100%. Now, Mark, be they, honest with me, though. In college, did this album it didn't help you get laid at all, though. Yeah. Did you ever play this for a girl? And, you know, this is not the record to do that. I would I would never have used music that way. I would not soil music. But. <laughs> of course you wouldn't have. Of course you wouldn't. You're a respected journalist. Why would you right, why right. would you right. it's admit science. to that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So what are you what's your next journalistic assignment? What can we look forward to in your in your uh, uh, um, uh, up in the near future? Um, well, right now I'm actually sort of not writing as much for the publications because I'm in the middle of writing a book. So is that a pub? Is that public knowledge? What book you're writing? It is. It is. It is. Yeah, it's a, a history of the cassette tape format. Really? Oh, yeah. So, so it's slightly slightly big subject. Yeah, the but, uh, the bane of my you know, 80s I, existence. Well, at some I don't know. I guess you're younger than us, but at some point that was all I bought. He's not that cassettes. much younger than us. No, you're not. Well, you did you graduate high school? That's what I always ask people. 85. Oh, okay. Uh, no, yeah. you're not much at all. Oh, Jesus yeah, yeah, Christ. Yeah. God, you're going to be an old man when your kids are older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I've, I've somehow snowed the people at these publications to think I'm still young and hip yeah, enough yeah, to write right. about music. But, but the <laughs> Gre- Grecian formula in the little facial hair, right? <laughs> right? But the kids, have you noticed the kids are listening to the cassettes again? They're like, yeah, and they're sure. like releasing them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's part, of why, part of why a publisher was interested in a book about it. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So we're looking to, does this book, does the book have a name yet or are you still, we're not? The tentative title is called High Bye. Oh yeah! Hi, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? When it actually comes, we'll have to have you on again. You pick another record. Definitely. We'll have you on when the book. That'd be awesome. I'd love to do it. This is really, great. really fun to talk. And yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. Hopefully, you won't have a cold the next time you come. And yeah, uh, yeah hopefully so. It's those kids. It's those kids, Mark. They bring it home. Exactly. They bring these things. That home. is actually oh, exactly. that is actually correct. <laughs> they are germ multiplication uh, engines. Well, thank, sure. no, and, they, and they get over it in no time, and it lasts. Of course, and you, yeah, it almost kills you. Now, thanks again for coming. On. You were a great yeah, guest. Sure. Thank you, Mark. That was fantastic. All right, Barry, what do we got cool. next week? We have uh, Rachel Angel. Rachel Angel, who's an amazing, amazing singer and performer and guitarist. And she's picked, <laughs> she hasn't picked which Silver Juice record I, she all wants to talk about. Silver Juice. Juice. Which <laughs> record? We can't talk about just the Silver Juice. We got to uh, I'll right. have to hit her up well, tonight. She's your guest, Barry. So you get with her and have her pick a goddamn she's, Silver Juice record. Rachel's okay. very cool, and we uh, feel very fortunate to have her come on yes, the show. We are. And also, don't forget, go to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. 
Become a patron of the show. It's the thing to do. As little as a dollar a month. Uh, and it really, you know, it helps out. You'll feel better. We get it. Every time we get one, I go, go Barry, did you see yeah, we got, we got a new patron. patron and we get yeah. so excited. Sure. Um, so do that. And don't or forget. depending on how much it is, we get mildly excited or more excited. That's true. The $3 ones, we get the the $7 ones, we're like, Very oh, shit, a lot of excitement. Yeah, right. But whatever, whatever. We don't judge uh, whatever you want to do. <laughs> um, and also, uh, don't forget our new... We e- judge, just so we're clear. We do we judge. Do judge. <laughs> but not on, not in, in person, yeah, behind your back. Um, also, uh, don't forget our new email address, uh, hey ass- what is it, heyassholes? <laughs> heyassholes di- at thatrecordgotmehigh.com. That is a real email address. Send us your comments at heyassholes at thatrecordgotmehigh.com. It's a good idea, I think. I was because <laughs> people are not, like I said, people are not going to sit down and write us like glowing missives. Oh, you guys are so great. It's going to be like, say what that, that, oh, guy we got Mark wrong. Was, that guy Mark was full of shit. We right, didn't know right. that. Mark, right. <laughs> it's not going to be Mark that's full of shit. It let's won't. just let's be clear. your Barry. That's true. All right, once again, Mark, thanks a lot for being on the Thank show. Thank you so much. We will Thank see you guys a lot. We will see you all next week. This is That Record Got Me Guy. What is it? That Record Got Me High. We are out. Give up my life just to be